Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, and I am here with my co-host, Patricia Kirkman, PK. PK, I hear it's 80 degrees where you are in Tucson. How are you? Yes. Isn't that terrible? That's wonderful. (laughs) I only wish. I've been waiting for ages for this to happen. But it's been windy, so it doesn't feel hot. It feels just delightful. I hate to oh. say that to you, knowing what you've got facing tonight. But I know I'll take it. it. We're freezing cold here. It feels like winter has returned. Ice. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just letting you know that we're the good guys this month. <laughs> I guess you are. Well, send some this way. We need the warmth. <laughs> All right. It's on its way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Now, <laughs> you've been looking at numbers, but you've also been looking at astrological signs. And Mm -hmm. the animals that are associated with those signs, because we've got a great guest tonight. We have Tammy Phillips, and she has a new book out, which is called Animal Soul Contracts, Sacred Agreements for Shared Evolution. And Tammy is going to be joining us in just a few minutes. But you did your homework on this, PK, so tell us what you found. Well, you know, all of us have our certain... uh, things that we're really drawn towards. So I thought since we have such a wonderful guest tonight and she's got a great book, that I would just talk about looking at the birth signs. So an Aries, like a large cats, like a tiger or a cheetah, so that gives you what they're drawn towards, believe it or not. And they, they're very, they go towards independent critters. I guess I can call it cheetah a critter, couldn't I? Uh, oh, yeah. The Taurus, Makes sense. They're, of course, associated with the bull, the animal that best reflects the spirit of that is also the bear. Uh, Gemini, very clever, intelligent. They're much like the fox. Uh, mm. The cancer, they represented by the crab, and they're very sensitive, loving people. Uh, even reminiscent a bit of the deer. Leo, naturally the animal that best feels that has to have pride. So we're talking about the lion and the lion's mane. If you notice, most Leos, excuse me, have lots of hair. Right. And the Virgo, they're very, believe it or not, very allergic, very reminiscent of the spider monkey. Ah. Because <laughs> we're some bite type thing, right? The mm-hmm. Libra, like the wolf, creatures of balance who work well with others, but they're very quiet and very friendly. The Scorpio, the scorpion, uh not to throw with that one, but the similarities between you and the snapping turtle might be more to the liking of the Scorpio. The Sagittarian, mythological centurion, so you're going to think of the unicorn when you think of the Sagittarius. Oh. 
Capricorn, good spirit. Think of the otter, very loyal, very loving. Aquarius, the water bear, the sign is the spirit of the dolphin, very fun-loving and the need to be free. And the Pisces, associated with the loving seahorse, very intuitive, very wisdom with it. So those are just a little bit. So if you're not that you're going to run out and buy that particular type of animal, but think about how you relate and when you're looking at different animals, how you're drawn towards them. And it's surprising how many times things that you like, you'll find that the guides that we are given via our astrological or even our numbers, because you'll also find down the road, I'll put something up on the website for you, that our different numbers are drawn towards different animals. And when you name your pet, very important that you choose a name that's going to be compatible or more towards what you want to receive. Do you want it to be a warm, fuzzy, friendly little pet, or do you want to give it a name that's going to make it very aggressive? So all those things can be taken into consideration when choosing that next pet of yours. So I just thought I'd bring that up today because it is a day of major change, even though we're still in the month dealing with our finances, and God knows we're all looking at that one. But uh, lots of changes today. Nothing has gone quite as expected, but in the end, better than we thought. Yes. So that's my tip for the day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, it's been crazy times. Everybody's trying to, I know, to do their best to stay grounded, stay inside if they can. Yeah. They don't have a job that demands anything else, and it is the best thing to do because apparently it is affecting that curve of the coronavirus, and so we certainly don't want to see a resurgence of that. It's it's a very scary thing, and I'm drawn back to uh, Captain Kramer, who was with us before Mm -hmm. all of this started. I want to get him back on the show. I invited him, um, and he has disappeared, gone dark, but I'm going to track him down, hopefully, and get him back on for next week because he had all of the information long before anybody else did. So he was right when he said this is going to be horrible, and so I want to hear his, yeah, really, I want to hear the rest of what he has to say about what we can expect for the rest of the year. But he was right on the money with this and great source of information, so I'll hopefully have him back for everybody next week. Yeah. When we were also- talking about everything about this in the past, we mentioned the fact that we were talking about the numbers then. I said that this month, by mid-month, we'd see that there would be a change, and there has been. Things are looking better. Yes. Look for the middle of May for things to really feel like we could really breathe again. But it's That's not going to be over yet, but at least mm-hmm. it will be breathable. We'll be more flexible to our community, our situation, and our dealing with our families. Just well, and that's, that's, good, that's good to know, PK, because I think it's not going to be over in mid-May. No, it uh-uh. May, we may get back to some level of normalcy. However, I think it shouldn't give anybody a false sense of security. You still need to wear your masks, your gloves, disinfect, exactly. wash your hands. You still need to take all these precautions, social distancing, you know, it, it's really, really important to know this is not over. And I know what you predicted and also what Maria predicted when she was mm-hmm. on our Bourbon Street medium when she was here. And she did say that the middle of May uh, looked like it was maybe going away, but she said it was going to come back. It's not over. 
It right. may look not like over. it's going away, but it's not over. We have to remember that. We right. have and to see, it's jumping ship before the, we land. And everybody yeah. is already excited about, oh, we can get out and do this. Don't do it yet. Rather be a few days or a week or a few uh, slower than jumping in the middle of it and sink. We don't need mm-hmm. it. Exactly. Nobody. And as Maria did share with us, it looked like we were going to have another resurgence June and July. And then again in November. So everybody needs to be aware. We need to practice, you know, safe. uh, We just need to be safe. We need to be reasonable Mm -hmm. and not just be knee-jerk reaction, oh, I can't wait to get out there again. Yeah, we all want to get out there again. But you have to be aware the virus is still active. We still don't know a lot about it and how it operates. I have heard from a friend of mine who has a contact at the CDC and this mm-hmm. gentleman told him, he said, I've never been scared in my life until now. And he said what the CDC I've, had discovered yep. was that there were three vectors in this virus. So they've identified mm-hmm. three so far, maybe more. But there are two that will definitely make you very ill, but you have a, a chance to recover. The third one is made to kill. And he said, uh, look, if you get exposed to that one, you're dead. There's nothing we can do yep. to stop it. That's what scared him so much. So that's the bioweapon aspect of this virus. And, again, I'm not saying that, you know, this is exactly how it is. I'm just saying that this was reported to me from someone right. who had contacts within the CDC that this is why they consider this so dangerous and so very different from the flu. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are comparing it to the flu and saying, oh, you know, so many more people can die from the flu. This. Yeah. And it's not the flu, and it's not anything no, like that. No, not it. at all. And it's it's because there's so little we know about it. That's what makes it more troubling, and that's what makes going back uh, to you know society and opening up all these doors again is is very very difficult to do without a lot of thought and and how we can continue to manage this thing. So just wanted to pass that information on. You know. If I got information, I'm sharing it with all of you in the audience. Take it for mm-hmm. whatever you want, but this is the information that was given. So anyhow, we we want you to be safe. We don't want you to get sick. Certainly don't want you to die. Uh, we want you to stay with us because we've got great shows. That's for sure. <laughs> that is. We for want sure. you to enjoy them. <laughs> well, you know. So also, I just want to mention is if that anybody finding the air feels clearer and cleaner, which it is. And other things are happening, so maybe once this settles down, we'll be more appreciative of keeping things in check instead of letting them go wild again. Well, and hopefully we'll, yeah, we'll respect the environment a little bit more and, and look out for uh, a more pristine air mm-hmm. and water. Um, but I also want to say, if anybody would like a numerology reading with Patricia Kirkman, you can go to patriciakirkman.com. You can also go to supernaturalgirls.com, and PK's contact information is there. And if you want a soul realignment reading or any type of spiritual coaching or dream analysis, you can contact me. I am at supernaturalgirls.com also. So just be sure to reach out. If you want our help while you're sitting at home, you want to try something new with dream analysis or numerology, this is a great time to do it. A lot of time to reflect. So it's a nice time to start something like this. So tonight, oh, and also one other thing. Go to our Facebook page. We have great stories there for you, so make sure you go. 
Give us a like and follow us there. Follow us on Twitter. Okay. Tonight we have, as I previously mentioned, Tammy Billups. And she has a great new book, which I hope you guys will get. It's called Animal Soul Contract, Sacred Agreements for Shared Evolution. Now, Tammy is a transformational soul healer and pioneer on the animal-human sacred soul partnership. She's a sought-after holistic healer, the creator of animal-human tandem healings, and a certified interface therapist. Tammy has appeared on CNN's The Daily Share, Primetime Live, ABC, Oprah, and she lives near Atlanta, Georgia. And she's here with us tonight. So, Tammy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Oh, we're so thrilled to have have you. you. Yeah. This is one of our favorite subjects in the whole world because we love (laughs) animals so much. And, yeah, we know you do. And tell us how you got started in this field. Tell us about you. Oh, my gosh. Um, Well, you know, I went into this. If you if you read and you know the beginning of my book, you you'll find out quickly that really what prompted this whole shift in my life. You know, I was missed career climbing ladders. You know, wanting to be top billers. You know, doing flying all over the place. And then I went through four deaths within several months' time, beginning with my mother, and had this awakening and newfound ability to see into many other dimensions which really started my new, my, my, probably my purpose in life. And once I kind of started, you know, doing my own inner healing, which, of course, we have to do before we can be conduits for good work, it seems like. Um, right. Then I started, um, I started a certification course under two psychotherapists who were also gifted healers because I saw energy like both of them. We could all see into people's energy fields and kind of see which emotional wound and defense pattern protecting it is kind of up for the person. And so I started this program with uh, people. I thought, okay, great. I'd always wanted to kind of be a therapist. This is great. I can do this, and it's even better. And then I started wondering how this would work on animals and would I be able to see similar things in their energy fields? And so I started asking my friends if I could work on them, on their, on their pets. And what I found fascinating was that I would be working on an animal and I would see the same thing in that, you know, I would look at their field and see that abandonment was up per se, which of course a lot of animals have. But then if I panned over to their person their person had a mirroring abandonment wound. And that happened time and time and time and time again, where, oh, my gosh, there's this mirroring effect between the person and the animals. And so then things really took off from there, and that became my lane, per se. Gosh, that's amazing. So this mirror effect, so we are drawing to ourselves pets that have the same issue that need to be healed. So that's where tandem healing came about. Oh, yes, and it goes further than that. Really, our higher selves or or the higher consciousness of our souls uh, collaborate with certain animals to join together. That's how we recognize each other when we know it's the right one or they choose us. You know how it works, and everybody's got their stories for the animals that come into their lives for how sometimes they literally, you know, show up on their doorstep. And it's because we are drawn to each other because we prearranged it and we had these contracts in place. And, yes, to heal, 
certain emotional wounds together. That's one of the type of contracts that we can have that's most common that I see to do the inner work with your animal together, especially if you're an introvert who's highly sensitive and possibly doesn't have two-legged children. You know, the more inside you go, the more animals are probably a resource for your growth. Mm-hmm. Well, that's wonderful. Now, you've had animals in your life. Tell us about your personal experiences. Oh, my gosh. I've had, <laughs> I've been a cat person just because they mirror me you know, a little bit more than dogs. I love, of course, all animals, but because I always used to travel a lot, I'd have cats because they were a little easier to leave on their own. And uh, so, you know, what's interesting is that even before I kind of came to this path, in my 30s when I was traveling a lot, the cats in my life, they would be mirroring the same exact physical issues that I would have. If I got asthma, one cat would get asthma. If I got oh my. UTI, my other cat would get a UTI. Oh I know. And, and I can remember thinking, what are the odds of this? <laughs> I thought, this can't be just me, but I couldn't say it out loud because I was at that time I thought, you know, you, you would look at like freak, you know, for somebody to even have that thought process. But once I started working with people and their animals, it happens all the time. Isn't that wild? Well, it is, and it's not unlike what we've heard from people in the pagan community that are witches and have a familiar. So, mm-hmm. you know, that their their pet, their animal also is protecting them, not just mirroring them, but protecting them from assault or curses or whatever and physical harm. So mm-hmm. very interesting. Gosh, so what about with you and and your personal animals? I mean, when you've gone through a life cycle with them, because we all hate to lose our animals. It's just a nightmare. And I know you've yeah. been through it as well, and it's like we don't know if we can ever stop crying when we lose a favorite dog, yeah. cat, or whatever. Well, I'd love to shed some, some positive light on those times because – what I have learned is that you can really create what I call the sacred transition of an animal soul, and it can it can it can be an easier experience. I frequently am connected to animals when they're passing. People hire me to be connected to ease, help ease any resistance or any energetic blocks to you know for their soul to leave. And a lot of times, you know, if, if I'm doing a session an hour before the vet's coming to the house their soul will leave during my session. Um, And it's just an easier release. And so I've been witnessing many things that, you know, that I've seen happen consistently that I've documented and wanted to share with people so that it would bring peace to them to know that there is this angelic, you know, kind of wall of light around the two of you that, that it's really your higher self that greets your animal on the other side. And that it can, you know, there, it's, it's like there's this heart cord between the two of you that is being cleansed and purified. And sometimes you will feel them move through your body. Everybody feels it different, of course. But you can, you can utilize that time to kind of create an altar or write a poem or whatever works for the person, you know, to create really a very sacred space. And it's very difficult, of course, to be both that part of yourself that is extremely wounded and 
hurt and you know the worst day of our lives is when we you know we lose our beloved animals and yet hold this higher space for our animals to honor them in a way that you know for all that they brought us and all that they did for us while they were with us however short that time is that you can you can be both you can have both parts of yourself up in that moment and it can be just a game changer for how you experience you know, that final moment in the final chapter of their life. Uh, Tammy, yeah, when, when a person loses an animal, many times it'll be through, through illness, but what if an animal is accidentally killed? And how does that relate with, with you? How can you work with that one? There's, there's not yeah. an opportunity for closure. They're just gone. Right, yeah. And, of course, you know, I believe we think they're planned, you know, most of the time they're planned by our souls. And so if you had a quick release, then that would have been planned as well. So there's probably an, an agreement where you didn't want to have to, that animal didn't want you to have to take care of them and see them suffer for a long time and go through some long duration of a, of a passing. I mean, I've had that happen one time to to a cat that I had, an outdoor cat. Also, I, I talk about him in the book. Um, and, he, you know, I was getting ready to move and he wanted to be outdoors and I couldn't bring him in because my other two cats were wanting to kill him. <laughs> and, um, oh. and then I know. And then the next thing I, I knew, a neighbor pulled up and a neighbor said that his son had ran over Blossom and oh. that he went very quickly. And I knew in that moment because I was getting ready to move and I didn't know what, I didn't know what he wanted. I, I'm usually so good on knowing exactly what they want. And I'm like, why don't I know what Blossom wants me to do? Does he want, because you know, the neighbor said, I'll take him, you know. And so mm-hmm. I had something set up, but I just, it was very ambiguous feeling. And that's why it's because, and I, I got very clearly afterwards that, no, it was okay. He wanted to be my outdoor cat. He was going to come back to me. And he's with me now as my cat Rumi. <laughs> so, oh, oh my you know, it, it's the third time that this soul has been with me. You know, let me ask you a question that I get a lot of times from people when they're listening to a show like this. And, you know, they're a very special dog or cat or, again, anything, anyone that they have had in their lives who passes. They want to know, how am I going to recognize my best friend when they come back into this life? You know, people want their pets back. Mm-hmm. They want you know, their their beloved dog or cat or whatever to come back to them. And, and they always say, how will I know that it's that, that that's the one? How am I going to know this? What do you tell them? <laughs> I tell them you may not know. And, mm-hmm. and, that, and that it's a growth moment for us to, to be okay with the not knowing and to trust that you, whatever pet is with you, that you signed up together for your growth between the two of you. And, and I, I, cause people all the time say, well, can I get the same one back? You know, I'm like, it is likely they will be back. Cause I believe what I've learned and seen is that we, you know, we have this soul group that we of course incarnate with that are two legged, but we also have these animals that we, that we sign up to come back to us time and time again. That's how we feel that deep, deep love for them because we've been we've been in love for a very long time with their souls, our souls. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I I say that, you know, I mean, I of course, you know, I'm hooking up to them and doing sessions like on my two new guys, new guys. They've been almost 2 years now. They seem new still. Um 
but I found out when I connected with them and immediately they showed me our past lives and what happened. And, um, and so that was extraordinary, but, but with Rumi, especially cause this is, he was Kahlua, he was my first cat Kahlua and then he was Blossom, the outdoor cat for two years. And now he's been with me and he definitely has the same personality traits, you know, and on all three lives, they reminded me of the same super dude, you know, personality. So, and sometimes it's like, you'll know by looking in their eyes and just, there's that soul recognition. You just mm-hmm. have that gut, that gut feeling that it's a, a particular pet that's been with you. And they're going to be a little bit different because you're different now. Oh, that's interesting. True. That's true. Never thought about that aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're evolving. You're evolving. So, you know, Rumi's a little, you know, he certainly has less fear than what Kalua had because I have less fear now than what I had then. So they're always right. going to be that, hopefully, that evolutionary mirror between the two of you. So it's going to be a little bit different, but it's likely that you'll recognize, I always say, you know, the look in the eyes are just those little nudges in your gut, you know. And I don't know if we ever know 100% for sure, but um, we can be fairly certain if we listen to our intuition. That makes sense. It yeah, does. Amazing. It does. Well, and it's again, you know, it's so hard because when we lose some one of our pets, you know, it's, a, it's instant almost for almost everybody who has that deep love. Mm-hmm. I want them back. And you're right, there may be a better uh, a better option, but it just never feels like there is after after a pet passes. So yeah. anyway. we want the same soul back as we're so in love, and and, yes. and I completely understand that. But your soul may have a reason why there's a different animal in your life. You know, there's something right. from that animal that you guys, you know, partnered to, to do. Mm-hmm. And you also talk about in your book an interesting concept that sometimes people don't even realize all of the gifts they received from their pet until after the pet has passed. Yeah, and and don't we all know that, you know, because there's there's these soul contracts. People all the time say, well, what are my soul contracts? Well, it's not that easy because sometimes – they don't expose and reveal themselves until, you know, weeks, months, years. And you look back and go, oh, my gosh, yes, that's what I got from that, from that animal, you know. It's yeah. like the story of, of, of my cat, Vasi. You know, I had, I had these two cats in my 20s, Kalua and Bailey, and they had a lot of bad, bad karma they were working out, and they were really, you know, Kalua was starting to get seizures because Bailey was attacking her a lot. And oh. so I, I was, I just had this feeling that was so strong that getting a third cat to be the peacemaker would come in and fix things. And if you tell, if you ask, <laughs> if you ask any cat specialist if that works, they'd probably laugh at you. But I just had right. a strong feeling. You know, mm-hmm. and I, so I went and I knew that Vasi was the one and I brought her in. And from the moment that she arrived, I mean, it was like everybody felt better. I felt better. You know, both the other cats felt better. And, you know, I can look back now and I can, but I didn't get that in the moment. You know, I just thought mm-hmm. they're all getting along now. But now I can look back and see where I had this contract with her to sign up for the be the peacemaker to bring peace in the house. In a way that wow. it was just it was just miraculous when I look back on it to see how she held space for all of us because I hadn't done any inner healing so I was always in my stuff 
and yeah. of course the, the, those two cats were reflecting my inner turmoil you know but she just came in and held this high vibration and it was just it's just beautiful now to look back you know years later and see what she brought and so it, it may take a while before you realize the gifts that they bring you and you might recognize it in the moment it's like okay yeah they came, you know, in the middle of my divorce. There they were. They showed up, you know. And then somehow they were there another, for you. They, yeah, they were there for you in those moments. And you helped each other heal together. Yes, that's fantastic. It's best to have more than one, one animal, uh, like uh, two cats or two dogs or whatever, versus one. Yeah. Everybody feels differently with that, but I'm I'm a pair. I, I like the I like that they can have their own kind to hang out with and have that camaraderie. I do too. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I think it's important, and it's to have their own breed because I've had two dogs before in the past, but you know, not the same breed until most recently, and it's a big difference. And they do really bond, even if they're from two different litters. If they're the same breed, they just they become close friends, and it's pretty amazing to watch. In fact, I unfortunately um, I had Gabriel and Hermes, two Shih Tzus, that turned 14 in December, and I swear to God, it was like their expiration date came due, especially for Gabriel. Yeah. And he passed away in February. It just broke my heart because I was so close oh. to him, and it just uh, it still tears me up. They're so beautiful. Yeah, they're just gorgeous little Shih Tzus, but um, very different personalities. And when and Gabriel was always the laid-back one. Hermes was always, I'm Mr. Dominant, you know, I come first and and all of that. <laughs> well, when Gabriel passed away, Hermes became a different dog, and he lost his confidence, which was very surprising to people who knew how he behaved when Gabriel was alive. He has still not back to himself. But he misses Gabriel so much. Um, I mean, it's just—it's been a very difficult adjustment. But there's often a, a question in my mind about getting another puppy for him because it's obvious he's so lonely, and mm-hmm. yet you know he is an older dog. And I'm sure you get this question a lot from people. You know, how do you know what to do in a situation like that? Well, I always suggest that people have a very open dialogue with with your dog. And, mm-hmm. yes, they pick up on the energy of our words, and at some level they're hearing it, you know. And you're doing that, of course, just as much for you as for them. So it's like having that dialogue of, I'm thinking of doing this. I want you to give me some really clear signs that are real obvious, whether or not this is something that you want in your life or not. And, and, and ask for, you know, you can ask for sometimes very specific signs. And, like, I tell people that if you're asking a question like, do you want this, and then they get up and they look at you and they turn around and they walk out of the room, that's a no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Direct to the point. I'm not looking at you anymore. <laughs> yeah, and if they come over to you and give you a big kiss, that might be a yes, you know. Uh, and, and just really listening to watching, watching how they react to your questions and then really giving them credit for getting that message through to you. And they will let you know. 
And sometimes they'll come to you in a dream, and you can ask for that as well. If you're one that remembers your dreams well, then and, and they might do that, and they um, and you might see a sign on a bumper sticker. You know how these things work, you know, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and you just might get oh, that. And when you true. feel really drawn towards that puppy, you know, then that might be what's. I'm sorry, what's your dog's name? Hermes. Hermes, or it might be Hermes, you know, guiding you to do that. You know, if you feel really drawn, especially if you fall in love with, you know, a puppy that you really want to bring in, that that might be all part of the plan. And then, you know, whether or not he ends up being good friends and he sticks around for another two or three or four or five years, then great. And if and then if he decides that he wants to go be with his brother again, then then um, then that'd be part of the plan as well. Well, it's um, yeah, it, it is interesting because I know I personally think about, you know, having a new puppy to take care of, and it is a lot of work, which every puppy owner knows. <laughs> so, you know, if I took the sign, it really would be for Hermes, and I'm sure I would benefit tremendously as I have with all of my animals. But uh, it's, you know, everybody knows who's a dog owner. So you're taking on a big job, and you better be ready <laughs> to do it. What about so, you? A, an older dog that you bring in when you lose one. Is that easier to work with or is it better to bring in a puppy? Oh, I think it's different in each situation, but I think if you do, if you feel guided to go for like a year or two old, you know, that might be, mm-hmm. you know, the energy might not be as much, you know, but I've also seen many situations where when they bring in the younger ones, all of a sudden they get younger acting too. You know, oh, right. And all of a sudden, they're running and playing. You know, like they haven't done in years. You know, every situation is going to be different. It's it's kind of almost impossible to predict exactly how it will be. But I always say, the more you're in touch with your heart, and if you tune into that heart chord you have with Hermes, and just say, okay, just let spirit guide me here. And just help me get in tune with what's right, you know, for our hearts. And then you just follow those those inner nudges, and you'll get there. Yeah, that's great. Well, we want to hear more about the different types of soul contracts you've identified and also some of the healing experiences that you've, you've facilitated with your clients. But first, we're going to take a short commercial break. And everyone, you are listening to Supernatural Girls Radio. We will be right back. Pure essential oils, specialized minerals, and a revolutionary anti-aging technology. Astridian combines the best of all scientifically proven ingredients in easy-to-use creams, lotions, and concentrated serums. Astridian's advanced line of products take your skin to a new level of being healthy and beautiful. We offer a variety of collections that address all your skin concerns. The Essential Anti-Aging Series treats and moisturizes your skin for a long-lasting, younger look. The Multivitamin Series promotes healthy skin with high-quality vitamins and minerals. The Sports Series restores skin from cellular damage and stress. Astridian also offers a revitalizing solution for hair and a professional series for doctors and medical spas. Visit astridian.love today and begin your new journey to healthy, beautiful, youthful skin. Astridian, beyond your expectations. 
There are a lot of psychics out there. How do you decide which one is right for you? You look for someone who empowers you, who's practical and spiritually connected, who says, here are your opportunities, here are your challenges, and here's a way to deal with them, and then gives you your own toolbox to make your life everything you want it to be. Hi, I'm Corby Midline, and that's how I work with you. As a certified professional tarot reader, I've helped thousands of people for over 40 years through my toolbox. Cards, past life retrieval, numerology, spirit guide conferences, and mediumship. Whether it's career, relationships, finances, or your spiritual road, together we can replace your confusion with clarity. And you'll probably find a little laughter along the way. Visit me at CorbyMitlide.com to find out how to cross your bridge from fear to fearlessness and fly. And tell me you found me at Supernatural Girls for a special gift with your reading. Corby Mitlide, the practical psychic for catching your tomorrows today. Find me at CorbyMitlide.com. That's CorbyMitlide.com. Your property tax bill. Have you seen it lately? It's frightening. Your property taxes are going up while your home value is going down. It's time to fight back and win. For the real truth about the property tax system, get attorney Pat Quintilian's book, Are You Getting Screwed on Your Property Taxes? How to Find Out and How to Fix It. Attorney Quintilian answers all your questions and gives you the facts you need to fight a property tax bill that is spiraling out of control. You'll also read about what happens to property owners who don't check their property records, only to find out too late they're taxed on square footage, fixtures, and even buildings that they don't own. Is this happening to you? Learn your rights. Buy Attorney Pat Quintilian's book today. Are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. Available on Amazon.com. Are you frustrated with endless mantras, affirmations, and processes that promise to align your life with your dreams only to find yourself years later in the same space where you began? Do you feel like you must be doing something wrong because nothing seems to be working? Don't you just wish that someone could shift your consciousness for you and your life could align with your desires without all the effort? Well, your wish is about to come true. Hi, I'm Carrie Cannon, and I have a gift that allows me to align the consciousness of others to be in harmony with their dreams. The best part is, it requires no particular effort on your part. Upon listening to a consciousness alignment, People have reported instant energy shifts, financial windfalls, soulmate connections, healed relationships, physical healings, and more. To gain access to a free trial offer for my entire Manifesting Miracles library of consciousness alignments, go to commandmiracles.com now for details. Again, that's commandmiracles.com for information about our free trial offer. That's commandmiracles.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker. I am here with my co-host, PK, and our wonderful guest tonight. Animal Soul Contracts is the name of the book, Sacred Agreements for Shared Evolution by Tammy Billups. And Tammy, we have to talk to you about the healings you've been involved in. Tell us some stories about this. What happens? Yeah, well, well, 
in preparation for the book, well, years before really, um, I decided that I would do these sessions that I've termed now tandem healings because I wanted to see if I connected simultaneously to the person and their pet for a healing session, would the things that they're both working on healing together stick and facilitate their healing journey? Since they've signed up to be together to heal of one of the levels, um, I just wondered whether or not that would happen. And so I started doing these case studies, hundreds of case studies, of people that uh, said, yeah, I'll, I'll do this with you. And most of them, I would say, have done, you know, these are people that were not foreign to doing their personal work, that were more willing to say, I'll look at my stuff as well as just focus on the animal, because so many people just want to fix the animal and not really see the mirror, and mm-hmm. which is perfectly fine, and it's, wherever somebody is, is fine with me. But I really wanted people who were ready to, to go deeper into the reasons why they and their specific animal had signed up on their evolutionary journey to to really reveal some of these soul contracts because there's several operating within each pairing. So I wanted to see if I did healings that way, how it would uh, how it would be for them long term and short. And so, okay, you wanted an example, and I'm going to start uh, with Rick and Sammy. And Rick was someone who he's, he lives on, he's a steward of a, about a 100-acre piece of land in North Georgia. And one day he was out fixing a fence, and you know how it is in the country, you know, the neighbor dogs will come a-calling sometimes. Right. And he looked up and he saw a dog, and he thought, oh, it's the neighbor's dog. And, of course, he's a big animal person. And so he went over to it and realized real quick that it wasn't the neighbor's dog. And it was this beautiful golden dog that, you know, immediately, you know, kind of had his tail tucked. He was a little cautious, but he was real friendly. And it followed Rick down to, to the barn. And when he was there the next day, Rick said, okay, time to go get you, you know, see if your chips, see who you belong to, see if I can hook you back up with your person. And when all of those didn't come to any resolution, then he started, um, you know, asking the owners about having a dog on the property, and they said, no, no way. And mm. very quickly, he got in their hearts. And Rick, before I knew it, it's like sleeping in the hay barn with Sammy. He got a name in a couple of weeks. And, and by the time he had called me and said, yeah, I'll do this, he was saying, he's so needy, a separation anxiety through the roof, I need you to fix Sammy. And I said, now, you know this is about fixing both of you, right? And he goes, okay. You know, and he goes, and yeah. I said, and you know, there's a mirror. And he said, how can he be a mirror for me? And I said, well, let's find out. <laughs> and during the first session, I said to Rick, and I said, okay, so can you think of the first time that you had a codependent relationship? And has that happened frequently in your life? And, he, you know, there was that pregnant pause, and then he started laughing, and he said, how did you know that? <laughs> and he said, you know, I've had codependent relationships with every female in my life. And I said, well, of course. And that's why you and Sammy have got this codependent relationship. You know, it's never, separation anxiety is never just about the animal. It's always about the person as well. And the person oh. need to be needed. And so, you know, I didn't know Rick's story. Rick was out on his own at 15 years of age. You know, his father was never around. His mother had eight kids and he had ADD. Oh. And she didn't really know how to deal with that. So 
he was out on his own, and of course, he didn't get his needs met. And clearly, Sammy got abandoned and didn't get his needs met. So, of course, they magnified towards each other. But through their sessions, I found out that they've been together many times. And after probably the second session, Sammy's separation anxiety just basically went away. And he just became this very independent, cool dog. And from that point forward, Rick started working on Rick's abandonment stuff and, you know, how he, you know, jumped from relationship to relationship with a very, in a very needy way with women. And he wanted to go about that more independently. And so it really took off. And this happens frequently when I do these tandem sessions. It's all about the animal at first. <laughs> and there's all this focus on what the animal is mirroring for the person, saying, hey, I have this. That's because you have this. And then that seems to resolve itself as soon as the person t- takes ownership for their own healing on that same emotional wound. Isn't that fascinating? It is. My goodness. And it, yeah, it sounds like uh, working with the pet first, the dog in this case, um, just makes it so much safer for their human to also do the same work. Yes, and I connect to them simultaneously, energetically. So I can sense, you know, I'm picking up and seeing the energy within both of them that are mirroring that they've come together to heal. And and to me, separation anxiety, you know, abandonment, that's certainly up a lot for animals. But these other core wounds of invasiveness and betrayal, you know, those come up as well. I mean, story after story after story, you know, of just how many times, you know, the person's real clear about the the dog that gets very vicious, you know, with other dogs when she's trying to walk him. That was another story. And and as soon as we started the tandem healing sessions, it was probably the second or third session when I asked her about betrayal. It's always a timing. I'll ask when I feel they're ready. And when I asked about if they had ever felt betrayed in their life, and she said, I have been betrayed by every boss, every family member. You know, the list was long of the Mm. betrayal. And I said, this dog is representing, you know, betrayal, has betrayal in his background, and he has, he's showing that repressed anger, you know, because she said, well, it's kind of odd. He only gets angry when he's with me. He only does that when he's with me. I can take him to doggy daycare, and he doesn't do that at all. And I said, there's your sign. I mean, that's an additional sign, right? That's like a glaring sign of saying when they only do it with that person, then you know there's a soul contract operating between the two of them that they're trying to heal. Amazing. Yeah, it's so powerful. I mean, what a wonderful way to bring healing to both. Uh, now, you also say that you found that they had been together lifetimes before. How did you know that? Well, I will usually get shown past lives and what they were doing. You know, that's just one of the, the things that sometimes comes through if it's important for their healing session. Then I'm just privy to that information, and it just I'll sometimes just be shown. You know, and Sammy, with Sammy and Rick, I was shown, you know, the, actually the person who had opened the door and dropped him off out in the country, you know, that couldn't keep him. And wow. then, you know, once, once we continue, because they signed up for, I think, eight sessions total. For the case studies, I require that they do a minimum of four, a four-pack, mm-hmm. and that they do once a week, because I really wanted to take a deeper dive. And when there's a lot of space in between sessions, sometimes it doesn't go as deep. 
Mm-hmm. And and so with with you know Sammy and Rick, it was probably the third or fourth, maybe a little beyond that, when I started seeing them together in past lives, and you know several times. And I would guess that uh, you know Sammy is definitely part of his soul group, and that they've agreed to come together, you know, time and time again for each other's growth. So it's so fantastic now. This may be a strange question, but I've heard this question asked before. There's a lot of animals out there, you know, even horses, too, that I've heard about. They're so advanced in their ability to communicate with people. It makes you wonder if they're getting ready to come back in another form, like in a human form, next time. Do you ever see that happen? Oops, what happened here? Okay. PK, you still with me? Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. All right. So I'm Tammy, here. I, all right. Okay. What happened was for with some you. reason your microphone went to from hot to not. So now you're back on. So anyhow, that you heard my question, right? About animals getting no. ready to take another form, even a human form, that are very advanced in their communication. No, I didn't hear the question. So Okay. I'll repeat it. So basically there are a number of animals. I've heard about horses like this, dogs, cats like this, that are so advanced. It makes you wonder if their next life is going to be in a human form. And have you ever seen and, that when you look at soul contracts? Is this something that anybody is, has worked with before, where their their pet is getting ready to take a different form? Well, I've, I I. I just take things as they come, meaning I have seen in some sessions where, um, like, they're a cat now, and in the past life they've been a dog or they've been a horse. And I see that happen frequently where the, mm-hmm. the two of them were together and they were in a different species. And then I've even seen where um, in one situation with Lily and Anya, a couple, uh, a dog and her guardian that had been together a long time, and I worked with them for many years, my sense was always that, Lily was actually a, a two-legged from from Anya's soul group that incarnated into dog form to help Anya. Anya no always kidding. wanted two-legged okay. children, and and Lily was just a master healer. I mean, you would think that she was a person. I mean, she would she would go to these healing circles that Anya facilitates on her priestess groups and sit in the center and literally just stare at everyone and then go go up to maybe one or two or three people. And those people would instantly feel better. And as she got older, we always had a session on the books right after Anya's circles because she had a, Lily had a harder time releasing some of the energy that she had absorbed. And when I would tell Anya, oh, who had breast cancer and who had this, and she would just know exactly who it was mm-hmm. because that energy yeah. was absorbed by Lily. And, and Anya said, you know, I always – all my life have felt this two-legged soul wanted to come in to incarnate to me give birth to it in my life and I was never able to do that in this life and I feel like she went into Lily instead and I would concur with that yeah oh that is so interesting oh my goodness oh so what about can you also talk about abuse which I mean let's face it anybody loves animals it makes them homicidal to think about anybody hurting a helpless animal but you put it in a bit of a different context in your book. Can you explain more about that? I'm happy to. And, and it was certainly a topic that I really wanted to approach because anyone who's empathic 
or empathetic, um, we can't even watch the commercials, right? You know, we don't want to see any animal be abused. We don't want to see any anything bad happen to animals because they are such safe love for us. So I really wanted to educate people as to what could be going on. Why would they choose that? Because I believe that we do choose a lot of our experiences. And so animals, what I have found with dealing, I, I donate a lot of sessions to many rescue groups. And as you know, they all have these stories, horrific stories, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And when I started tapping into their higher selves and they started showing me and kind of telepathically sharing the reasons why they would choose that, um, it was just so heartwarming. I mean, you know, I remember this one dog and he was very badly abused by this gentleman and yet he was showing me the picture of, of that his goal, and he was such an old soul, and a lot of times there are old souls that can endure something like that. You know, it's like his goal was to get the gentleman to, um, to just have a glimmer of empathy and remorse, and he got that. And so as soon as that gentleman did that, that gentleman turned that dog in. Oh. It's like he couldn't deal with that anymore, wow. you know. And so that was like, you know, I'm, I get chills right now with thinking about it because I just thought, how beautiful is that? Yes, he'd gone through this wonderful experience, but because he got through to him, he got through to his heart and just got a bit of remorse, which was the whole goal. And such a mature soul to, to have that as a plan. And then he, was, he got to the shelter, and then he, of course, he went on to, you know, a much healthier, easier life. But he chose that. And it's the same for oil spills or, or these big events or zoos or circuses. I mean, some of these animals will say, I'll choose to be that animal to shed light on what's happening in those places so that it can be stopped, so that there mm-hmm. can be action taken so that they won't do that anymore. You know, whether or not that's, you know, and some of them do like being in the petting zoos and do like it. And they really wanted that interaction with people because it is a it is a different type of growth for them than of course just living in nature the closer they are to people the more opportunity that is for their souls to evolve does that make sense mm-hmm. it does. what about it does. people that uh take the animals and uh, use them as uh, 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 uh fighting dogs and things like that how does how does that play out? Because what you see that these animals go through is god-awful. Would they actually choose to be put in that position? I do think that on some level that they would choose that, you know. And, and again, it might be something similar in that they're wanting to shed light on it. Of course, I live in Atlanta. I was here during the Michael Vick thing, you know. I was thinking about actually the Michael Vick thing. Right. Yeah. This was the epicenter for that. And mm-hmm. I actually, you know, all, you know how many pit bulls got rescued and, and got put into beautiful homes that year because of that? I mean, it was an amazing global action. And there were more legal rules that were put in place by the government even around fighting because of the dogs that chose to do it during that time. And people lined up in groves to adopt these dogs. And light was shed in a way that there would not have been before had Michael Vick not been the one that got caught. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, because there was such a big star that got caught doing it, it shed light on everything globally. 
and it just got shut down. And everybody lined up to, to get these dogs. And I do believe that the dogs that all endured what they did during that time had to have part of the life plan of let me be one of those dogs that sheds light on this awful thing that's happening so that it can stop once and for all. Well, that makes good sense. Yeah, it's you know, brave of them. And are are so hoarded by people where they have so many of them in a home and everything is a complete disaster. What What is the purpose of the animals having to go through that type of ordeal? Because many times we don't know about it. Occasionally we do, but uh, hoarders of animals the, yeah. in filthy conditions and no food or whatever, it's scary to think that this is going on today, still yeah. goes on. Yeah, we're talking some deep subjects today. So, so you know, know that that person obviously has a lot of, of, of fear. You know, if they're trying to surround themselves with, with animals, you know, obviously there's a lot of fear within that person. And they obviously, it's usually a younger soul that will do that and have a lot of abandonment and not get their needs met and feel really scared about letting go of anything. So, I mean, it's, it's, I try to always have compassion for every single soul. Obviously it's not a great thing for somebody to do that. And again, you know, do I think that each animal that's in that person's house in some way was trying to help that person heal? I do, you know, that's Mm -hmm. one of the aspects that I believe that, you know, those animals would have signed up to say, yes, I'll be one of those for that person, and maybe they'll get it. And a lot of times we do get, you know, they do find homes, mm-hmm. and they do move on, and they are able to heal and get to a better better place. Now, I heard that there was um, a federal law put in place about dog abuse and cat abuse and pet abuse in general, which I think that's true. It's tremendous. It really needs to be a federal law across all state lines that people who do things like that to animals um, are taken away and put mm-hmm. in prison. I, I'm, you know, I, I know that everybody has lessons to learn, but at the same time, there is so much cruelty towards mm-hmm. helpless animals. It really does need a firm uh, legal position so that they don't get away with it anymore and it's, you know, dogs, cats are not considered uh, anything more than property. It's good that that's changing, and I, I'm sure you're happy mm-hmm. to see that, right? Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Any of us that love animals, it's the hardest thing in the world to to even imagine uh how someone can do that and can there be, you know, um, repercussions for, you know, what their actions are, then then they should have to deal with that, absolutely, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, animals. I say and lots of animals throw away the key. I, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, I lots of the times it seems like the penalty is way too light, and so it's not taken seriously. So with these new, hopefully, more strict laws in place, uh, people will get the message that this that animals count and they're not throwaways mm-hmm. and they're not to be abused or you're going to prison. So I, oh, like I believe that, that animals are counting on people to act on their behalf to create a kinder world for all beings. I truly okay, believe good. that. Yes, good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just too much for me. I mean, when I see things posted on Facebook about dogs being abused, I just have to scroll by it because it's too upsetting. 
to me, mm-hmm. and I'm, I know other people feel the same way because I've seen them post back. Oh, yeah. Don't put this on my page anymore. I can't take it. You know, it's so upsetting right. to my entire nervous right. system. I, I know it happens. I donate. I do what I can, but I can't look at it mm-hmm. anymore. And that's well, okay, it, you know. We do what we can. You know, I donate sessions, and I do them remotely because I have a harder time when I get to the shelter, <laughs> you know. And um, they're much more yeah. productive when I do them remotely. So mm-hmm. we all do whatever level we can to help. It's just important for us to to deal with what what it is that's being triggered within us when we do get triggered, and then we take action from that more healed space. You know, it's like if we're, however, whatever action we're called to do, we should take that on behalf of the animals. It's important. They're counting on us. They are. And as you mentioned, circus animals, too, elephants and tigers and Mm -hmm. lions that in the past have been forced to perform. And I'm so glad to see so many of those circuses shutting that down. I know. And not not doing that anymore. It's, um, It's really a good thing to see. So there are changes, and hopefully there'll be a hell of a lot more to keep our animal friends safe. Um, and you know, what do when you communicate with? Have you communicated with any of these trainers that work with elephants or big cats? I mean, do you find that there's lessons for both of those both sides of the fence with that? Have you ever worked with them? I have not, no. I've never worked with the trainers at that level, not at all. But I, I would imagine within every pairing that there are uh, soul contracts, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I've never, I, I've always seen that there are soul contracts when I've connected with a person and their animal. And I can't imagine that there there's, there's a duo that's not the case and, um and I can't, I, I wouldn't be interested to, if you know of anyone, I'd love to talk to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, actually, we do. Um, Amelia Kincaid works with big cats and elephants, and she she does a lot. I'll put you two in touch. Great. Yeah, that was, she may good. be able to that fill in great. that piece for you. Yeah, since she does that kind of work. So, um Give us another example. It's not always abandonment. and It's not always abuse. Just give us some examples of other stories uh, where you found contracts in place and what the issues were, what actually happened. Yeah, well, I'll give you an example of what I call a pinnacle teaching soul contract. And we're, we're probably all more a little bit more familiar with the pinnacle teachings because they're all those yummier um, you know, love and peace and acceptance and um, joy and those are things that animals bring us. But I, I love this example that's coming to my mind because I think a lot of people do struggle with some of this. But, um, but she called me, Sue called me and wanted to sign up for tandem healing case studies with her cat because her cat was, um, very sensitive and was always under the bed a lot. And she just felt like she didn't have much of a life. You know, she she had a cat brother, and he was very social and always out and hanging with the family and everything. But their one cat would, would be um, under the bed frequently. And she really mm-hmm. wanted to help the the cat because she, she perceived that the cat was not having a very full life. And as soon as we started the tandem healing sessions, 
I clearly got that they had both had invasiveness in their background. They're both very what I call the sensitive ones profile. Mm-hmm. And that usually comes from from being over controlled or just somebody in their space. And it, certainly it can be physical or sexual abuse as well. And as it turned out, Sue had had very over controlling parents and was very sensitive. And really, if she was being honest with herself, which I think at one point she did admit that she would rather live underneath the bed all day long too, <laughs> you know, and just go and hide, you know. And and she found that when she was real social, it was just too overwhelming, and she had a hard time giving herself permission because we we think we have to be a certain way. And mm-hmm. so really what came through the sessions was Sue's acceptance of herself and and honoring the pace that she could tolerate for how social she wanted to be and when she just needed to go off on her own and refuel and get R&R. And as soon right. as she realized that she had that profile, then the cat immediately started coming out more. Oh. I mean, it was almost like, you know, snap. You know, I mean, it wasn't ever quite the social one that the other cat was. You know, because they both, whenever you've had invasiveness in your background, your your boundaries are a little bit more porous, your energetic boundaries are, and you're very intuitive. So you're sensing the energy of everyone that's in the room, you know, that's the introvert profile. And so, of course, you know, animals instinctively know that they could sit under the bed. It didn't mean that she was scared. She wasn't under their trembling. She was just observing because she needed that space. She was feeling maybe what you know, the people were going through. And so right. Sue was the same way and really needed to take that time too. So really the, the soul contract was to learn acceptance of the self that came through. And that was a game changer for both of them because now Sue can give herself permission and be okay with the fact that she is more sensitive. You don't have to change that. See, she wanted to change herself and she projected that on her cat of wanting to change, assuming that her cat had that awful life. And as soon as she got that about herself, then they both uh, were able to heal that. That's, that's truly amazing. And you also mm-hmm. talk about in your book, uh, people get concerned that when they work with you and the lesson of the soul contract is revealed and it comes to a conclusion they get scared that they're going to actually lose their pet to death. Is that, and right. I'm sure you hear this a lot. So how do you handle that with people? Yeah, I'm, I'm so much about teaching people to go within and to trust their gut. But, but I do get that uh, frequently. They'll say, you know, well, if the soul contract is resolved, then are they going to leave? You know, and certainly that can't, that's a possibility, yes. But I try to tell people to, to really not focus on that because if they're finding out about the soul contract, then they must have planned that as well. Um, right. And and that is and that is okay. And to come to terms with knowing that you're going to be with these souls again, and that it won't be too much for you whatever happens. And there are so many different contracts that I say, yes, you know, you've got these emotional things you're you're healing together and maybe physical contracts where they're carrying some physical stuff for you. But then there's all these other higher vibrational levels of contracts you can have. 
So just dig in with the emotional stuff because you're both going to feel better regardless of how long you're here. And then you may get to focus on some of those bringing in more joy or acceptance and unconditional Mm -hmm. love in your lives and focus on that for the rest of your time together. Mm-hmm. Yes, it makes nice. sense. Life's too short. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, there's just so so many things. There's so many possibilities here. Is there anything that you found totally surprising when you were doing this kind of work? Well, I, was, I wasn't sure how impactful doing the tandem sessions would be. So I was, I was especially blown away when I when I did a tandem session on on a woman named Amanda, and her she had two dogs, Chaya and Samba, and I knew this because it probably hit close to me, close to home for me. But I mean, she had this. We had this session, and during the session, of course, I do these distance, so it's over the phone. And I actually, we, we connect initially and we talk about their intentions for the sessions. Then we actually hang up and I go into my little home space and then I call them back. Well, mm-hmm. during the session, I knew what was happening with both of them energetically. But what was interesting to me is that, you know, what I didn't know is that um, Amanda had this background of, you know, before her current fabulous marriage where she had been sexually abused by a boyfriend for a while. And... Right there was this stuff coming up with Chaya, her dog, of carrying a lot of this for her. And Chaya um, had a lot of physical manifestations. And during their, I think it was their first or their second session, when I called back, she, I could tell she was, had been crying. And I said, are you okay? And she said, well, something beautiful happened. I said, what? And she said, well, my husband came home. He's at, he was supposed to be out of town. He was not supposed to come home right now. In the middle of the session, he comes home and I'm laying on the bed, you know, in my session and he opened the door and said, you're okay. And immediately I called him over to me and out of my mouth, I tell him all about my past that I had never told him about. And he just held me and I cried and healed. Mm. Wow. Mm. It was incredible. And, and I don't think that that, I think that was all lined up to, to unfold that way. And Chaya had really been carrying a lot of what she had not expressed. And it had been showing up in her physically. And she got much better as well after Amanda was able to release and heal that. You know, that's so, so important. And I think it's when people go into a therapeutic environment is one thing that they can, one big gift they give themselves. If they can get in touch with these buried feelings, bring them up to the surface and process them, they are then free. I mean, there is no benefit to pushing feelings down and holding on to them. It becomes a block, and then it becomes something that is very hard to get rid of. So it's so nice that people who have pets, can work with you and their pet and release these things before they become so bad that you can't even imagine getting rid of it. So yeah, yeah. this is a and if your animals start getting physical issue after physical issue after physical issue, that may be a sign to that there might be something that you're repressing because our animals 
when we cry, I get to ask this all the time. They'll say, well, when I cry, I try not to do it around my dog. I say, oh, please cry around your dog. They want to help you with that. What you're beautifully releasing and healing, they're not going to be absorbing. What they're going to absorb is what you're pushing down, and then they're going to mirror it back to you in behaviors or in physical issues that you're going to have to try to fix in a different way. So it's exactly. like they'll absorb much more of what you're repressing than what you're beautifully releasing, as long as you're not, you know, releasing it in unhealthy ways. Right, right. What about children and pets? Have you worked with any children that, with pets that have to share issues? You know, I really haven't. I mean, I just don't get calls for that very often at all. You know, there's been a couple of maybe college-age students that wanted to work with their animals, but I haven't found that they're I, – I do this deep work. You know, I kind of call in, you know, the people who really want to get into that deeper emotional work, and mm-hmm. I can hold space for that. And so I haven't really – I mean, but, but what's interesting to me, what I feel compelled to share based on your question is that there was I, – I teach kindness to animals to um, – there's this beautiful no-kill shelter by me called Our Palace Place, and they have these summer camps, and they have different age groups that come in. And in the past, they've asked me to come and teach kindness towards animals. And I'm always amazed. I'll always ask them which dog at the shelter, because usually by the time I get there, they've already met them. It's a week-long you know, camp. And I'll ask them which dogs that they're drawn to and why. And it just never fails. It will always be the little girl that's, oh, oh, I want to share. And she's jumping out of her shoes, ready to share that she was drawn to, you know, Chloe, because Chloe looked like she was so much fun and so social. And then when I call on the little boy in the back corner and, and who doesn't want to raise his hand and I'll ask him, he'll say, you know, whatever dog he was drawn to, and I'll say why, and he'll say because he just looked like he needed a friend. Oh, Oh, and so those things just happen. Those things mm-hmm. just happen naturally, you know, where likes are attracted to likes time and time again. And the kids are even, you know, they're like animals, right? They don't lose their connection, so they're just, their instincts are, are right on. They are. Yes, they are. And I know there are many parents out there that wish that their instincts for taking care of the animals would be just as good. <laughs> Often that just goes, you know, that's a responsibility that parents end up taking on because, of course, they always ask, are you going to help with this? And they get the answer, yes. But sometimes it doesn't quite work out that's that way. That's the first day. Yeah. So that's I was wondering, you know, if you found those, those issues with children as well with their pets. What's the most unusual pet and, and person you've worked with? I've worked on a snake. Um, before snake. I'm trying to think, yeah, like, the snake who had some issues. I'm, I'm trying to remember this been a couple of years ago. <laughs> there was a durable one time. Certainly, if there are animals that kind of show up injured in my yard, I'll try to connect with them as well and help them. <laughs> what kind of snake was it, Tammy? Well, of course, I do remote, and, oh, gosh, I can hear my friend Marion now because it was her snake, her son's snake, and I, I, it was a big one. How's that? It was a boa. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't little, I know that, because they had a whole closet they turned into the snake room. Oh, my gosh. And what was the issue that the snake had? He had, like, gum issues. He had, there was some constant gum infection or something, you know, uh-huh. Could it be what he was 
Yeah, but there was some, yeah, there was some constant, it was some physical issue, and they wanted me to connect with them. I see. So it wasn't so much emotional as it was a physical thing. Oh, I absolutely think it was emotional with her son. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'll always circle back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, do I think it was something that's also mirroring something for her son at that time? Yes. But, you know, at that point when they're at at the age that he was, they just, um, it's not going to take that deeper dive (laughs) into those emotional issues. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a little too much to expect for that age group. Absolutely. Do you ever go into schools and talk to children about this? No, but I would love to, if you... (laughs) I would love to do that. I mean, the no-kill shelters, you know, I've, I talk to them sometimes, obviously. But, um, but yeah, that's something I'd love to do more of. Well, that I'd love for you to do it. Yeah, because, mm-hmm. you know, I think it sets a different tone for, for children to hear from you about this. And it opens up doors for them and, and they can see animals for what animals really are. You know, that they're truly sentient and and powerful. As my uh, Native American friend who passed away always used to say, every animal knows more than we do. And mm. I completely agree with that. They so do. I. And what I love is that I just wrote that down of working with children. So we've got a rocket of desire that was just blasted. So oh, good. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully that will come together. Wouldn't I hope it nice? does. You know, it, because getting them young like that to think differently and to think more compassionately is is yeah. just so important in my opinion. So yeah, I hope it comes to fruition. I'll put some energy towards that too for you. I think it's a thank you. Something that needs to happen because especially because kids today, you know, tend to be very distracted and very uh involved in their technology. So it makes it hard for children to connect like we did so many millions of years ago when we were children. It was a different world. It so was. And I look from, at I look at what how they're holding space right now. Um, it, I hope it's okay if I pivot a bit. It's like with with animals and the current you know global lung mm-hmm. focus. You don't know how many sessions I've been doing on emergency animals recently where they have these lung issues. Oh no! And of course, that's Thanks. where of course COVID nineteen is is uh, hitting, and of course the lungs hold grief and sadness. And animals are really trying to hold space to help people move that out right now, any repressed grief and sadness. And they're really just holding space. I think about a couple of weeks ago I was closing my eyes to meditate and had my palms upright and, and my mind started going down this road about missing hugs and missing touching. And immediately my cat Rumi jumped on my lap and put all four of his paws on top of my open hand. And I sat there and went, of course, animals to the rescue again, right? You know, I mean, they 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 show up, and I'm like, you know, and he just looked at me like, hey, what am I, chop liver? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm 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 here for you. This is what we do. You know, they provide us these things that um, that we need, and of course, they're all about touch. They know the importance of of touch, and I believe right now they are holding collectively this space for humans to heal, and especially the grief and sadness at the lungs. 
I mm-hmm. see. I just keep seeing that time and time again this past month. Now, are you also mm-hmm. seeing actual physical symptoms, not just emotional? Yeah. Uh, crap, but physical symptoms of it affecting their lungs. That's very interesting. It really is, and it's, it's consistently been the the one. Th- and it's not just one type of lung issue. It's this one has, you know, a, an issue with this lung or uh, it's just different fluid in the lungs or one's losing air in the lung or, you know, but it's just, I've never seen so many lung things within animals that I'm working on. And is it specific to dogs or cats or both? Both. Because I know they did amazing. report the tiger that tested positive for it, but I hadn't heard of dogs being uh, found with it either yet anyways yeah i don't know that they have that but i just i think because there is so much focus or an opportunity for us to heal you know and then of course that's what i'm guiding the people that are if they're calling me they're usually a little more open-minded of course and and i'm guiding them to to if they've got sadness coming up right now or if they're feeling the need to cry even if they can't attach it to anything to just go with it because right. we yeah. really need to free and clear and add more light into our bodies and especially our lungs right now. And if animals are, are modeling and trying to help us with that, then um, then we owe it to them to really do that work. That's wonderful. Yeah, because I think part of the lesson of this whole virus is that we've gotten into a tremendous amount of isolation. And yet, at the same time, we resent it when we're told we have to quarantine uh, to make sure this doesn't spread further. Um, it's a very interesting conundrum, but, again, our our latest lifestyle with so much technology and so little human interaction is, I think, obviously the animals are affected by that. And I'm sure a lot of, a lot of pets feel left out because, you know, here's the kids, the parents, whomever, you know, they got their, their faces in their iPhones and iPads mm-hmm. and laptops, and they're ignoring their animals yeah. in the household. Yeah. Well, I'm sure the animals are really trying to, to teach them about that. Get in their face a bunch about it, I bet. Yeah. 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 Good sense. Exactly. Yes. So you, how many cats do you have now? I have two, Bodie and Rumi. They're brothers, and oh, my gosh, it's the – the funniest story, because when I, I had two elders that were 17 and 18 that passed uh, two years ago, uh, just a couple of months from each other, they were, they were inseparable, even though they were um, not, you know, birth siblings. They were, they were definitely in love. And, um, and then when the second one passed, I said, okay, oh, that was when my last book, you know, was just launching, and I had a book tour, and I said, okay, I don't, I'm not going to have any pets, I don't want any pets, and, and, and then all of a sudden, every time I would close my eyes during meditation, and I would forget about it, so it, was, it wasn't like it was fresh on the brain, I would be shown these six gray kittens that were playing together. And then after like the third or fourth time, I said, okay, I get it. Someday down <laughs> the line, there'll be gray kittens that are coming in my life. That's fine, you know. And because I, um, because I donate sessions to all these rescue centers, um, I just happened to find out that two of them had litters of sixth grade kittens and because I tried to walk my talk and I was seeing two 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 everywhere and so anyway one of them good news um, everything came together and I went to their kitten room and there were all kinds of kittens of course and I said only I'll only come home I was in such resistance I'll only come home if there's a pair a bonded pair 
step, choose me and make it really obvious. And I went in there like a little teenager in resistance, and I sat down in the middle of the floor. And, again, there were all different colors and shapes and, you know, zero, well, three to nine months. And immediately um, one gray kitten came and sat on my lap, and then he kept chasing just one of his brothers. And then before I knew it, both of them were on my lap. And uh-huh. I adopted them. And guess what their birthday is? What? Their birthday is 222. Oh, oh. you're kidding. <laughs> okay. No. Oh. So they're Pisces. They're Pisces boys. And 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 I was born on a 22. So, and the 222 I kept seeing all the time just completely went away as soon as I adopted them. Oh. Gosh, that's something. wonderful. We have a caller on the line. I'm going to bring them on. This is area code 917. They have a question for you. Hi, who's this? Hello, you're live on the air. Hello, 917. Oh, I guess they can't hear me. Okay, I'm putting him back on hold. So much for that question. We tried to get you on, but oh well. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't meant to be. (laughs) Yes, now please tell people how they can get a hold of you, Tammy. How can they reach you for a session? Yeah, well, the best way would be through my website. That's TammyBillups.com, T-A-M-M-Y, B as in boy, I-L-L-U-P-S. All of my information is on my website, my webinars, and uh, the groups that I that I do. I do most things on Zoom now. I think everybody's <laughs> Zoom has got to be doing well right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no kidding. And, but everything is on my website. I know that Amazon with the books, it, they've uh, declassified the books as not – being emergency, so they're taking like a month to get them. So, but the books will be faster if people would order them on my publisher, Inner Traditions, or at IndieBound.org or Barnes and Noble. I hear that those are much faster right now since they're more focused on just books. Good, good. Okay. And and no. then your individual, you do your individual sessions remotely. You're available for that. Do you ever do classes? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I do Zoom webinar classes um, many times, um, and I have one that's, that's probably what I'm most known for is these five core emotional wounds and the mirroring, and so I probably do that three times a year, and it's a three-week class, well, three Thursday evenings usually that mm-hmm. people can sign up and, and learn more about those five core emotional wounds and how to recognize them within their animals so that they would know which wounds are up for them. There are definitely very defined traits that people and animals will do depending on which emotional wound is up for healing and then steps with how to do that with your animal. So I have classes um, and uh, and I have lots of things that I'll do. You know, I, have a, I, I do a quarterly praying pause animal service here in the Marietta area that's just like a church service, except people bring their animals. <laughs> and, the mess, and the message is always around the animals, and, and all the love offerings go to uh, a no-kill shelter. Oh, how wonderful. Oh, my goodness. That's wonderful. Yeah. It's, oh. it's been doing that for five or six years now. It's so much fun. Gosh, you're, you're offering so much healing in, in very different ways which is wonderful. And again, the name of your book is Animal Soul Contracts, Sacred Agreements for Shared Evolution. And as PK mentioned, the cover is absolutely beautiful. 
with the paw yes. on your hand. I mean, it's just amazing. And again, it's so many wonderful stories. Yeah, so many wonderful Thank stories you. in the book and and lovely pictures and again, great insights for people like us that love animals with all our hearts. It's um again, the hardest part is saying goodbye when they have to move on. It's it's that's the tough one. But then we go out and it do is. it again. So <laughs> And I love that you do. Yeah, and, and all the pictures are real. I was amazed at how many people sent me pictures to put in the book that included themselves because a lot of times, you know, they just want their animal's picture to be there. But many people mm-hmm. sent me a picture that was with them, and I just thought that was very courageous as well. Yeah. Very special. Yeah. That shows yeah. a lot of trust in you as well for them to do that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. thank you for that. I'd like to hold space for them to, to feel safe to do that. Well, it's been such a pleasure, Tammy, having you with us this evening. And also I want to mention this is not your only book, so people can uh, go to your website, TammyBillips.com, and look up the rest of your books that are available. And, again, they can book a session with you. They can join one of your webinars. There's many ways to connect with you right there on your website. And the other the other thing I just want to mention for everybody next week Tom Palladino is coming back, and Tom treats people and animals with scalar energy remotely. And one of the mm-hmm. things, one of the experiments he's involved in now is treating anybody who wants to be treated for free, including their pets, for this virus that's flying around causing so much trouble. So. Um, you can go to our Facebook page. You will see a place there where you can sign up for free. No credit card is required. And we don't make any claims about it, but it's done remotely. Tom will be back on the show next week, and he's going to explain more about how Scalar Energy works and what he's been doing with Scalar for the past number of years. It's very exciting. And, again, it's totally free. So go to our Facebook page. You'll see a place uh, where there's a link, and you can sign up for it for free if you'd like to try it. And, again, you can send in a picture of yourself and your pets, and everybody will be treated with Scalar. So we'll hear from Tom next week. And in the meantime, everybody, have a great week. Be safe. We'll see you on the Blue Highway. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural Girls.